and welcome everybody to this edition of the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint. It's good to be along with you as always. And we have a big race in Virginia. Polls have been all over the place. One poll, a Fox poll, I think it was last week, had Yunkin, Glenn Yunkin, up by eight points, which I think is is unrealistic. Uh, the early results are coming in only 12% of the vote. As we record this, it's Tuesday night. And Yunkin is ahead of Terry McAuliffe, the Clintonista. Yunkin's up 52-47, but again, only 12% of the vote are is in, and I think Northern Virginia, where a lot of liberals reside, that is usually the last to be reported. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a really tight race, one, two percentage points either way. So this is a bellwether, this race in Virginia. Republicans, if they do well in Virginia, if they win the race, again, Glenn Yunkin is the Republican. He's trying to uh, defeat Terry McAuliffe, former governor and hopefully not future governor. McAuliffe is a Clintonista. He's been aligned with the Clintons for three decades. The guy just won't go away. He's like a he's like a bad cold. He just he's always there. He's a, just one of these unctuous characters. Just to look at him, he's just he's a sleazeball. It would be terrible if Virginia were to have him as governor again. But again, this is a bellwether. A lot of folks are saying, look, if Republicans win this, it bodes well for them in 2022 in the congressional races. I think they're going to retake the House, as I've said, and and possibly the Senate. So big night in Virginia, some local races of note, but we're not going to go into those because it's this is not a local, just a local podcast. This show goes out all across the country, all over the world. It's on the World Wide Web, the BMG Network. And uh, so we'll spare you that. I wanted to um, focus on some of the rising prices. And I think everybody, if you've, if you've been shopping, I do most of the food shopping for our family. I mean, everything is is going up. Uh, you know, gasoline, oil and gasoline. Oh, gasoline's up 42% or 40-something percent. But everything, they had uh, every single item. Gasoline, meat, poultry, uh, bacon. That's a killer. Bacon going up. It's going so high. I was at Walmart today. And bacon is $8.98 a pound. For the you know the no like for the uh, the armor and the uh, Oscar Mayer the, the the name brand bacon's which I never get the name brand bacon's why would anybody pay nine dollars a pound for something that's going to fry away anyway I love bacon but I'll pay four bucks I paid four nineteen at a place called Price Right and the bacon looked pretty good the pound of bacon looked front and back looked like it was worth four nineteen so I bought it but why would anybody lay out eight or nine bucks a pound for bacon that's why they're they're, they're charging so much because they're getting it. People are paying that ridiculous price. Anyway, not me, but I had this sheet, and I think Elise Stefanik put it out because she's running for re-election, and, uh, and it, it's just unbelievable. It's staggering, the percentage of increase in all these items, gasoline, meat, eggs, uh, bacon, and uh, over the last 10 months, since Biden took office, the prices of everything are on the rise. Used cars, you can't buy a used car. I went used car shopping with my daughter this week, and it's like everything that's out there, you got to pay seven, eight thousand dollars for a vehicle with 120, 130 thousand miles on it. It's like it's just it's awful. These are tough times. We're going to get through them, as I've told my brother, a couple of people who are concerned about the future. And I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not concerned about the future, but uh, you know, I I I focus on not the the price of gasoline or my you know job condition or whatever. I focus on uh, staying close to God. Now, I mean, I stray like anybody. I have my ups and, and my down periods and my, my dry periods, but I try to draw close to the Lord because in the end, that's all that's going to really matter anyway. Don't get caught up in all the rhetoric and all the fear-mongering out there. And there's a lot to be concerned about. And I think 
the three main things that most Americans, and I've, I've read a lot, folks, and from what I've read over the past few weeks, and this is what I do for a living. I read and I, and I, I just, I take this stuff in and, uh, and I give it back to you. And I, I'll never tell you anything that's not true. You'll know when it's my opinion. And I cite my sources. And uh, the things that most Americans are concerned with, and, and this is the order they're concerned with, the, the, the pandemic, number one, understandably, the economy, you know, the prices of what I've mentioned, gasoline, meat, poultry, food, everything's going up, uh, fuel, home heating fuel is going up uh, in, incredibly, and illegal immigration. Those three things, the pandemic, the economy, and illegal immigration, That's those things are what Americans are most concerned about. They're not concerned about climate change. I don't care what you hear on MSNBC or CNN. They're not concerned with that. It's way down the list of things. But that's what the Democrats are pursuing because it's, they have an agenda. They don't care what you care about. They care about what they want to get. And they want, they want to address climate change. They say because they say that we're the world's biggest polluter. And, you know, I think there are a couple of countries who are ahead of us, China and India. What steps are they taking? to reduce their global footprints. Not not very much. I mean, China's not doing anything, and who's going to force them? But we have Democrats running things now in Congress, at least for the next year, and they're telling everybody that, whoa, the Americans are the biggest polluters. We need to we need to do this. We need to reduce our, our uh, emissions, and all that's, that's all well and good, but most Americans don't care about climate change or the ozone or, you know, carbon dioxide emissions. Uh, they care about the economy. And, you know, the pocketbook issues. Let's, uh, I want to hit a couple of things here. I, I saw Joe Biden the other day. He was he, speaking of climate. Uh, he fell asleep during the, uh, what was it, the climate summit. An aide had to wake him up. And I, there's a video of it up on, I think it's Red State. And you can find the video on YouTube. And I'm looking at it. And the guy's just dozing off. He's 78 years old. He's not well, obviously. And, you know, I, I wasn't laughing at it. It's kind of sad, really. And it's, it's pathetic that this guy is leading the most powerful nation in the world. Falling asleep, you know, it's his nap time, probably 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And he's got to travel. And he fell asleep. And it was, can you imagine Trump falling asleep, President Trump? If he did, that's all you'd hear about. But I didn't hear anything about it tonight. I watched CBS News, a little bit of it, at, uh, at 7 o'clock. Nothing about Joe Biden falling asleep. But, you know, Red State has it. Uh, World Net Daily has it. And some of the other Daily Caller. That's where you want to get your news from those. That's where I get my news from those sources. But I mean, Biden falls asleep. The president of the United States falls asleep at, at a, this, this huge climate summit. I mean, the Dems think it's the most important thing in the world, climate change. And we got a, we got a, we got a duty to the world to reduce our, our carbon emissions. This is unreal that, that we, they're in this state. Um, back to the, uh, the Virginia governor's race. There's a headline on, on red state. I won't read the story, but Larry Sabato, who's a commentator, said on MSNBC that if Yunkin wins, it's because of white backlash and white resistance. Now, Terry McAuliffe is also the Democrat. He's also white. So Republicans, if they win any election, they're, they're not supposed to win. It's because of white backlash or white anger. These people make everything about race because it, it's, you know, it's a a tactic that it's been successful to, for them in, in in recent elections. That's why they keep going back to it. It's, it. It works. There's nothing to do with race. Americans are ticked off, and they're ticked off a lot. 
And just look at the school board meetings around the country. People are letting their representatives know, especially at the school board level, that they're not happy about what's happening in, the, in what's going on in the public school system. In Loudoun County, Virginia, speaking of Virginia, that's why I think Youngkin has a shot of winning this race. I think Americans are t- tired of this communism being taught in the public schools, and it's frankly this, uh, this sexualism and this, this hedonism being taught to their children. In Loudoun County, parents, they stood in line for hours in a, on a, in a cold autumn night recently. They waited their turn to speak 60 seconds each before their school board which is run by Democrats, because Democrats love to run things, especially anything in the public sector where they can control other people's money. That's what attracts them. But these are average citizens. They're not professional politicians or they're not all great orators. They got out there and they spoke for their children's safety and their education. And Loudoun County is getting more attention than the president of the United States. The leader of the free world can't get any of it. He was at a town hall meeting on CNN last week. He didn't get anybody watching him. I mean, the ratings were in the dumpster. But the founders, that's what they envisioned. They wanted the power and the energy and the passion uh, focused on the local level. Because representative government is works best when it's closest to home. And we need to decentralize power in the American government. That's how the founders envisioned it. We want the power... Uh, in the states and in localities, especially education. The people need to be heard by their local representatives. And that's what's happening here uh, around the country, but especially in Loudoun County, that's what's getting the most focus. I mean, our own school board here in Cambridge, we have a meeting a week from tonight and we're gonna let some of these liberals on our board have it. One guy, and I I don't wanna get into this too deeply because I'm running short of time already. uh, he, He went against board policy on three separate occasions. He went above the Board of Education, went behind their backs, and to the Commissioner of Education, the State Commissioner of Education, urging her to change the results of the July election. We elected two board members who are pro-Indian mascot, so we voted to reinstate the mascot, and he went to her, the uh, Commissioner of Education, and said, you got to overturn this decision by this board. So he violated several uh, uh, board policies, and c- he could be removed. But anyway, that's on a future show. But the founders wanted us to uh, focus on the local level. It's called federalism. And, you know, the Democrats, the liberals don't like it. You know, you know, they've been, for the last year and a half, they've been forcing school shutdowns and and, and uh, all this other, these mask mandates and, and stuff. That it's just making it difficult for our kids to go to school and for our kids to learn. Why should a six-year-old be forced to wear a mask for seven hours a day? That's why the school boards around the country are putting families through this crap. And they've been doing it since April of last year. But I think this the pandemic has really shown a light on everything these elitists, and a lot of these people are elitists. They fancy themselves as elitists on the school boards. And this is now, I think there's a lot of focus, and I think it's, I think it's a good thing because these people think it's their divine right to shape education policy. And it, we're the people paying the freight here. And that we should just, they think we should just pay the, pay the bills and just shut up and let them run things. Well, it's not going to work that way. It's not going to work that way. So these school boards around the country, they're teaching critical race theory. Despite what they're telling you, they're teaching it. This notion that all whites are oppressors and all blacks and Hispanics or people of color are the oppressed. That's, they claim it's anti-racism. It's not so soft bigotry is what it is, of low expectations. And then they're pushing through these 
transgender policies, allowing biological males to access the, the locker rooms and the restrooms of biological females, young females. I mean, we're talking about teenagers here. I mean, it's crazy to, to let, you know, a, a boy who thinks he's identifying that day as a girl because he wears a skirt. He can identify as a girl that day. That There was a case. It was a rape last May. I forget where it was. And uh, the school board denied any knowledge of it, of the incident they were notified about. They were told about it. They denied it publicly. But they, they got found out. And the victim's father, and I forget where this was, he wanted to speak at the school board meeting to voice his objection. And instead, he was arrested before his turn at the microphone. And the school board president ordered the room to be cleared. And this guy, can you imagine... His father wanted to have his voice heard, and he gets he gets dragged away in handcuffs. This is the victim. This girl was raped. I'd, I'd made, if I got my hands around the throat of the boy who raped my daughter, I, he would never do it again. I guarantee it. This guy, and it's the father gets arrested. This is what's going on around the country. This transgender nonsense. I want to end this on a positive note, and I think that's all we have time for. I want to draw your attention to it. Well, first of all, a couple of things. Game six of the World Series happening tonight. Houston looking to tie it up. They're playing in Houston. Atlanta could close it out, get their first World Series victory since 1995 with a victory tonight. So that's uh, one thing that's going on. Of course, the election in Virginia is the other uh, major happening this evening. All right, let's wrap things up here. I want to pass along the the passing of a couple of... uh, People who were very successful in their fields of endeavor. Val Bisaglio. Val Bisaglio, you might say, who's that? Well, he's a character actor known for his roles in uh, movies such as Saturday Night Fever and The Sopranos. He was in that as well. Quincy M.E. But he he played uh, John Travolta's father. uh, Not Travolta, his character. uh, Tony Manero, his father in the uh, movie Saturday Night Fever. And he also, the, the, the character I most remember him for was Ralph Silvestri. He played Ralph Silvestri on All in the Family. I forget what season it was, but he played a, a, a mafioso and Archie had witnessed a crime and he had blamed the crime on, because I think the mafia did it. So Silvestri ha- just happened to pay the bunkers a visit that night. He said, Mr. Bunker, you used a five-letter word to describe the organization I'm with and uh, we don't like that word. It's what he called the funket. But anyway, this he was great. Uh, Val Bisaglio passed away recently. He was 95 years old. Uh, and also Jay Black, lead singer for Jay and the Americans. They had a number of hits in the 1960s, including Come a Little Bit Closer and Caramia. Jay Black had a beautiful uh, tenor voice, was 82 years young. And that's about going to do it to it for this edition of the Pac-Man podcast. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. We got a lot to cover next time. What we didn't get to this time, uh, we'll do that uh, Thursday or Friday of this week, hopefully. And uh, you can catch this podcast and all your favorite uh, platforms, Apple iTunes, we're on uh, Spotify, you name it, we're there, the Pac-Man Podcast, also on the BMG Network. Go to the bmgnetwork.com and you can listen to this program. We have the the Ken Burns Show, we have uh, Set Apart with KC, uh, the Adrian Ross Show, so many fine programs there for you, and also uh, columns. We have the Pac Perspective. We have another one coming up this week. I haven't gotten to it yet. We've been busy. But that's up there for your reading enjoyment and for your edification as well. Check it out, the bmgnetwork.com. If you want to contact me directly, it's pacman at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Thanks again for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. 
The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.